0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning. Happy Monday, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your days to kick off this week with us. Monday, January 22nd, 2024. What a weekend it has been. I hope everyone got some time to relax, get some much-needed spend time with your loved ones, because cyber criminals don't take weekends off, or if they do, they're really just doing stuff behind the scenes. We've got a lot to focus on today, a lot of things going on, especially in the, in the world of, of, of specific exploited vulnerabilities that we've talked about significantly over the past several weeks, months, and years of doing this show. Before we get started, though, Go check out our Substack, Defeating Ransomware, The Feasibility of Class Action Lawsuits in the Private Sector. It's a thought piece, and it's an idea. I'm not saying it's a good one. I'm saying it's something. Happy to debate. Go check it out on our Substack, jamesazar.substack.com. If you support our Substack and you become one of our founding members or supporters, we send you this awesome espresso travel mug, proudly showcasing your support for the Cyber Hub podcast. Uh, right there along with some more swag so you can go check that out james azar at a cyber uh james com. now without further ado join me for a coffee cup cheers coffee cup cheers y'all good morning everyone tuning in we see all y'all on linkedin youtube twitch and instagram as well as uh everywhere else thank y'all for being here let's go ahead and get started with Sisa issuing the year's first emergency directive ordering all federal civilian executive branch agencies. To immediately mitigate two Avanti Connect Secures and Avanti Policy Secure zero day flaws in response to widespread and active exploitation by multiple threat actors. This was an expected development. Avanti has been uh, part of, we've been saying Avanti on the show here for the last few weeks. CVE 2023 46805, which is an authentication bypass, and CVE 2024 21887, a command injection vulnerability come together to create a really super zero day at this point. Uh, when chained, they allow attackers to move laterally within the network, exfiltrate data, establish persistence, system access by deploying backdoors. CISA is now requiring immediate action uh, for all of these agencies. There's a uh, if, To use Avanti's external integrity checker tool is a requirement. They're also being told to email central at for any indications of compromise and have given a bunch of mitigations, including revoking and reissue any stored certificates, reset the admin enabled password, reset stored API keys, reset the password of any local user defined on the gateway, including service accounts for authentication server configuration, apply updates that address the two vulnerabilities. Uh, And then one week after issuance of the directive report to has that you've completed all assigned tasks. 145 of these avanti devices are still online in the u.s china's got 18 japan with 25 in the uk with 50. um sorry the uh i believe that's uh europe with 15 there as well um that, that seems like france so france with 15 uh and the uk with 14. so there's that piece from ivanti you want to get that taken care of if you haven't done so yet please heed these warnings. There's active exploits out there. Let's talk a little bit about VMware's vCenter server vulnerability that was patched back in October of 2023 that's now being exploited in the wild. This is CVE 2023-34048. It's been described as an out-of-bounds write issue related to the implementation of the DCE RPC protocol that can allow an attacker who has network access to vCenter server to remotely execute arbitrary code. The the discovery of the issue by uh, Grigory Dornadov of Trend Micro's Zero Day Initiative, and I apologize if I misspelled or missaid your name, was deemed so critical that VMware decided to release patches in October, even for versions of the product that have reached end of life. No information appears to be available at the time of the writing of this article of the attacks exploiting this vulnerability. Uh, that takes us to our next story, where now evidence is suggesting that Chinese cyber espionage groups have been exploiting a recent VMware vCenter server vulnerability as a zero day since 2021, 20, according to Mandian. This is the same CVE 2023 34048. It had a CVSS score of 9.8. It's an out of bounds right issue. VMware released patches back in October for it. Last week, the virtualization company updated the advisory to warn that they were aware of in-the-wild exploitation without providing specific information. On Friday, Mandiant, which is now part of Google Cloud, revealed that the exploitation likely started a year and a half ago and that a sophisticated China-linked espionage group tracked as UNC-3886 is responsible for it. They've got a track record of utilizing zero-day vulnerabilities to complete their mission without being detected. This is the latest. Now, one thing to keep in mind about China, let's say someone who found this vulnerability before uh um um b- before uh gregory did right so if someone found it in china and reported it by law you've got to report these vulnerabilities first to the chinese government before you report it anywhere else even before you report it to the vendor the chinese government then reports it to the vendor at their time of use is this not a far fetched example and i'm saying there i'm not saying there's any proof here of this I'm saying that there's a law in China that does allow this, meaning there could be security researchers in China who found this flaw, reported it to the government, and all the government did was take advantage of it for the last year and a half um, where they had access to this vulnerability before anyone else picked up on it. VMware has patched the vulnerability since, but just you want to keep an eye out on anything in your environment. We'll stick to some geo political not geo stuff but but really nation state actors russia for their end uh have successfully hacked into microsoft's corporate network and stole emails and attachments from several senior executives and targets in the cybersecurity and legal departments the company disclosed on friday the software giant said the apt group known as midnight blizzard also known as Niblium, used a password spray attack to compromise the legacy non-production test internet account and gain a foothold They then used the account's permission to access a very small percentage of Microsoft corporate email accounts. They exfiltrated some emails and attached documents, according to the filing with the SEC. The company said its security team detected the nation-state attack on its corporate systems on January 12th, traced the infection back to November of last year. The company said members of a senior leadership team were among the victims and noted that the attackers were initially targeting email accounts for information related to Redmond's own knowledge of the APT operation. The attack was not the result of a vulnerability in Microsoft products or services. There's no evidence that the threat actor had access to any customer environment, production system, source code, or AI systems. They'll notify customers. if Those become available. Um, so Microsoft for their end are saying, look, this wasn't a vulnerability on our end. This was a password spray account they Took over all of our, uh, they took over one of our environments. They moved laterally within the network at that point. So another one of those, uh, um, Russian nation state attacks against US organizations trying to gather information. Apache's active mq is being used to now deliver the Godzilla web shell on compromised hosts. The web shells are concealed within an unknown binary format and they're designed to evade uh, security and signature based scanners according to Trustwave, notably despite the binary's unknown file format active mq's JSP Engine continues to compile and execute the web shell. This is CVE-2023-46604, a CVSS score of 10. It refers to a severe vulnerability in Apache ActiveMQ that enables remote code execution. Since its public disclosure in late October 2023, it's come under active exploitation by multiple adversaries to deploy ransomware, rootkits, crypto miners, and DDoS botnets. The web shell named Godzilla is a functionality-rich backdoor capable of parsing inbound HTTP post requests, executing the content and returning the results in the form of an HTTP response. So you want to make sure you get that patched as well. We'll move to Payoneer, the financial platform who had several accounts hacked, even with MFA enabled in Argentina. The global payment processing company attributed the attacks on fraudsters, tracking, uh, tricking users with phishing links. No, let's blame the users. Again, has not learned anything um from other mistakes like 23 and Me. do not blame your customers for your mistakes so here's what happened apparently multiple people began to receive text messages uh on their phones asking for password resets for their pioneer accounts those who did not click on the links in the text or approved the password resets and they opened their accounts either find themselves locked out or seeing their entire account balance Gone in a statement to recorded future, a spokesperson for Pioneer said that they lured a very limited number of customers to click on links to phishing sites and provide their account credentials. Unfortunately, some customers clicked on these fake links and shared their account login information with fraudsters or encountered newer modes of fraud that compromised their mobile phones. Here's the deal you're in financial services, Pioneer. Let me give you a little piece of advice here. Maybe you need Just just a tad bit of coaching in this situation. It is your responsibility to protect your customers because inevitably they don't trust you. They're not going to do business with you. So, as a general rule of thumb, someone who's been in financial services for quite a long time, I can tell you that the first thing you should have done is you should have identified that someone is logging in probably from an unidentified device into these users' accounts. And that should have triggered something in your environment to say, wait a minute something doesn't smell right here especially if you were monitoring activity of suspicious logins versus suspicious activity which is the basics of any responsible financial institution in a process to defend their customers you didn't do so you've also allowed mfa to be done by sms rather than by an application or a a smart notification pop up which would have probably made those accounts much more secure if you're not unsure about this pioneer Shoot me a message, I'll gladly send you Roger Grimes's book, Hacking Multi-Factor Authentication. It might give your engineering team just a few more ideas of how to properly secure those accounts. VF Core is now coming out and letting everyone know that 35.5 million customers' data was stolen in the ransomware attack that were reported on back in December of last year. The uh, Vfware, uh, VF Corporation is the operator of brands like Dickies, the North Face, Smartwool, Timberland, and Vans. Uh, they've taken some systems offline in a january 18th form 8k filing with the sec the company revealed that the attacker stole the personal information of 35 and a half million individual consumers mostly people who purchased directly from these companies not if you bought north face through dick's sporting goods you're not impacted you bought north face through northface.com or vans through vans.com you're likely impacted as part of this breach Um, and if you bought from their stores. Uh, then there's uh, uh, potential there as well. So um, VF uh, Corporation is now letting everyone know the number of victims and that they're uh, back online. The FTC continues to target data brokers, a scummy industry that Congress refuses to address, this time in a settlement within market media, which bans the company from selling Americans precise location data in market a texas-based data aggregation company specializing in collecting and analyzing people's location data the company gathers location information from various sources including its own application like checkpoints and listees and numerous third-party apps that in, that it incorporates its uh, sdks into it's been downloaded 30 uh it's been downloaded over 30 million uh, unique devices since 2017 according to the ftc complaints Respondents also make that the in-market SDK available to third-party app developers. It's been incorporated into more than 300 such apps, which have been downloaded onto over 390 million unique devices since 2017. The FTC complaint says that in-market maintains 2,000 categories of distinct audiences, which track people into falling into Christian churchgoers, wealthy and not healthy, parents of preschoolers, etc., etc., etc. The FTC deemed the market's five-year data retention policy overly excessive for targeted advertising, uh, significantly elevating the risk of misuse and exposure. If Congress actually did something, there'd be a law uh, that would prevent this or at least limit the amount of data and give you the opportunity to opt out of it. That's not the case here either. That's it for our show this morning. At least FTC is doing something here. Let's just say that. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, live right here. Catch us on all your favorite podcast listening platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you like to get it. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and go check out our Substack. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, y'all stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.